0: Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Supervalue Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one toward the price of branded labels. McAvoy Supervalue Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast because Cavan is not just a place, it's a people. A very good Friday morning to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecavan.com Delighted to be joined in studio by Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor with the Anglo-Celt. On this week's show we're going to be looking at Cavan Ladies National Football League Division 2 final where they drew with Westmead and looking ahead to the replay This coming Sunday 4pm in Boer. We were talking with Aidan McCabe, in uh, post-match interview, as well as Ailish Corning. we're going to be looking at Cavan under 17s' massive victory over Derry in the under 17 Ulster Special Competition. They go forward now to take on Antrim in the semi-final this Saturday morning at uh, 12 noon. Sorry, in Clonus, we'll have full live commentary on wearecavan.com, and we also have post-match interview with Cavan manager John Brady. We'll be discussing the Cavan senior football panel. Um, there's a few changes going on with injuries and and different rumours floating about. We'll be bringing you the the rumours we're hearing, as well as doing a full roundup of the All County Football League, which took place last weekend. Paul, you were in Portugal. You got yourself sunburnt. Was that in Portugal or was that in Red Hills?
1: Uh, I was. In, it was in Portugal. Yeah, I was cutting a bit of grass. I'm, I'm going on the country now, Damien. I yeah, cutting, cutting grass. I've, I've got myself a swimmer there and I go track the more. So if anyone's looking for a bit of grass cut. Get in touch with me <laughs>
0: You're always on Twitter anyway So
1: hashtag Red Hills Grassman
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yesterday you came in We were doing the We Rolster podcast You're in flip flops And the rain let loose last night You're back into the jeans And the hoodie Ah look at the working man The working man <laughs> is never done like,
1: yeah. I, th- Never let Never let um, What is it to say that Never let fashion Get in the way of comfort <laughs>
0: You're definitely going to be <laughs> falling into that one, all right? So you are. Cavan uh, Ladies, I know you're away, but they they drew at Westmead. Uh, you were following it on on Twitter. The, the impression, or did you get to watch it after? No, you no, didn't.
1: I, yeah, I only got following it on, on Twitter. But your I, impression was, I was, well. It, it looked to me like like um, I haven't heard anything about the game because I'm only back, but it looked to me like Cavan let it slip. You know better than me, Damien. It looked like Cavan let it slip in the in the dying minutes. Um, that first half goal like a first half goal to concede is always a killer because it looked like Cavan were well on top you know there yeah. like at one stage was it eight points to w- to a goal or to 1-1 one, one or something or in, in a around seven seven points to one i think when they got the goal Th- they got the goal you know at that i when you concede a goal in the first Six half it's a killer seven. like it, we saw it last year with Cavan and Derry in the qualifiers uh, there's something about it. yeah okay a goal in the second half is kind of it's it's kind of uh you can get caught on the hop, but I always think when a, when a team dominates a first half but concedes a goal, you're never gonna you're never gonna um, run away run away with it. It's always going to be a, a, it's always going to be you're keeping the other team within touch and distance. I remember when Red Hills played Ballyhays in the intermediate final a few years ago. Ballyhays had one one up in the first couple of minutes, and I think Red Hills scored seven or eight points in a row completely dominated for about 20 minutes 25 minutes 7 or eight points in a row but yet only went in a couple of points up because they had conceded that first half goal and that came back you know the late goal fair enough like it was probably a defensive mix up from what I heard with Cavan but the first half goal is the one like yeah. that you really need to you really need to uh, be wary of conceding goals early in the game but look at the fact of the matter is they didn't lose it and they probably will take confidence from it that the fact that I, I think they they probably proved that that they were the better side just you know, conceded a couple of goals, and it's 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 so important not to. But uh, I think you have to take your hat off to them. The strides they've made is f- phenomenal. Like they, they lost their manager earlier in the year, a bit of controversy, and um, have gone through the whole league with some fantastic results, and right through to the final. Now played great stuff. So there's no reason why they won't go out and win in there this Sunday.
0: And hopefully they will. Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, after the game, Mickey Brennan caught up with the Cavan manager Aidan McCabe, and here's what he had to say. <laughs>
2: Aiden, uh, a really good display by Calvin. In the end, you came out with a draw. Probably should have won it, but could have lost it at the same time. Yeah, I think we kicked the score in the first game, first score of the game. So you know, when you when you lead the whole way up until the last couple of minutes, and you know, we had a chance and and uh, to, to maybe work another score, you're you're disappointed. But look at it, I would say by far. Uh, away 75 percent of the good attack and play in the game I would feel came from us and um, I would still say that we were you know, on a seven, seven and a half out of ten performance. So we've we've got an awful lot more in the tank. Um, and look at if it takes us next week. Um, we didn't do it in sixty minutes. So if it takes us another sixty minutes next week, so be it.
0: Yeah, and you, you look at the the performance in the second half. They got to within two points of you. The girls ground out, got to four points up uh, with only a few minutes to go. I think there was uh, maybe ten minutes to go. Looked like they were controlling the game, and then just the sucker punch. It was Blundell who got the goal, her second goal of the game.
2: Yeah, and in fairness, I thought actually Sheila dealt with her very, very well. Even even with the two goals, you know, she she beat her to an awful lot of fifty fifty ball. Um, but you know, I suppose we had that ball in our hands, and we, and we let it back out the field. Um, uh, yeah look it's, it's it's probably a little bit frustrating but I felt about the the last goal the the second goal every time Westmead asked the question of us we had an answer for them um, you know the first goal we kicked a couple of points straight away um, even they got two points uh, you know, after we opened well in the second half and and you know we had a good answer so it was the only time and I did feel when it got back to a point that one point would do it for us I, I, you know I, I did think that if we went two up that would be after them scoring that would be kind of a psychological blow for them but um, yeah look at it saying what I said again earlier like we didn't do it in 60 minutes and you know we know we've the measure in more of them so if it takes us another 60 minutes next week so be it yeah you see you've got the measure of them like even look at it you had 15 scores they had uh, they had 11 yeah. scores
0: um, and two of them being goals but you know a really good solid performance by your girls here today just maybe those those two goals were just the killer, the killer punch
2: yeah and, and probably the two goals and when we were um When we were at top on top, especially in the first half, we probably had a couple of slack wides, maybe shots where we could have just maybe walked at another pass or two and and made sure, but I felt we probably had at half time with a little bit um a little bit kind of more composure both in our passing and our shooting um you know we would have had another you know two three scores in us or certainly two or three better scoring chances and you know you'd expect us to, to be scoring um, a, you know a healthy return on that but um yeah the two goals look at we had 15 scores but you know two goals that's six that's seven scores to get the far side of it seven points you know when you don't score a goal yourself mm. so um yeah look at we'll have to we'll have to look at that but you know even with that I did think defensively we were we were pretty good it was just probably good play and at this level national final you know good play is going to Get a return, and you know Westmead got that. So um overall, I suppose I'm 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 not I, you know I'm not too disappointed. But like I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy. I know the potential we have next week, and you know I'm I'm quite happy that we'll we'll this time next week or whatever day it is we'll be we'll be picking up the division two uh, title.
0: So yeah, Aidan McCabe talking with Mickey after the game. You know, again, Aidan is really. For a lad that, that obviously was is coaching with the county board and, and his coaching skills were never in question, he's really shown himself to be a, a capable manager because he's even in the immediate aftermath of what would be extremely a disappointing situation, you know, where they, they really should have won the game, he showed a calm head, he showed, you know, presence of mind that, that right look we have to get
1: back on the horse here again. Yeah, no, he's been very impressive. Absolutely. And other players are are very happy with them as well, and you can see that, that they're a happy camp. You can see that, like their in their performances. You know, sometimes you see a team, and regardless of results, you can see a team sometimes with the weight of the world on their shoulders. But Kevin don't have that. Kevin are definitely playing playing with with abandon, and then. they just look like a happy outfit. Like, and they know what they're at as well. That they're tactically tuned in as well. I think, I'd be very impressed with it, and I think he's done a phenomenal job since he came in.
0: Definitely, there's no doubt about it. The one the one disappointing factor for me in the game was that when with with I think roughly eight minutes of ordinary time left up um, by four points and Giles I, Amy Giles I think is the fullback for Westmead got this, was sent to the sin bin which she should have been sent in the first half uh, an unbelievable uh, sin bin tackle on, on Sinead Green that was, you know, had she not made the tackle Sinead Green would have hit the back of the net she pulled her down on the just outside the box and, and the referee didn't give a sin bin. I don't know how he managed not to give the not to give the sin bin, but he uh, he finally gave one to her. And Cavan at that stage were four points up. They didn't score while uh, Giles was in the sin bin. They really should have pushed the issue home, forced it home. They started to play a wee bit of keep ball in the middle third of the field and and not taking maybe I suppose some would call it a gamble, but they they changed their game when. Westmead went down to fourteen players, and they changed it to possession, retain possession instead of. I thought they should have really went for the jugular at that stage, and I suppose it's it's maybe maybe you're you're looking at it saying right, okay, we can see the finish line. We're eight minutes out here, we're four points up. Let's just keep the ball. But I'd have liked to see them really go and and push it on. That they were seven, eight, nine points up by the time Giles got back on the field.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't see the game, but that that sounds like a like a pretty common phenomenon. That, that in, yeah. in all sports, even in an individual sports career, sometimes when you can see the finish line, you slow down. Like you're, you're you become the hunted instead of the hunter, and that's a difficult position to be in. Sometimes it's an unusual position to be in. So, like I wouldn't I wouldn't hammer them for that. I know you're not hammering them for that, but but yeah, they, it sounds to me like they should have they should have closed it out. A player up and uh, with, with four points up, yeah. a few minutes to go, but. Look okay, at it, it. Yeah, I was, going to, it, I was going to say it's a young team, but it's. It's. Actually, I wouldn't say it is a young team. There's, there's you know, young players on it, but there's older players on it too. I, I interviewed Aidan McCabe a couple of weeks ago, and he said um, he talked about the the new players, and he was saying Ailish Corn is back, and. Um, Grania Smith is back and he goes they'd love to, they'd love if we described them as as new players as in they're really young because they're I think they're around, around our age, or my age so uh, but they they're, they're plenty of experience there as well so probably probably should have should have closed it out by by what you're saying but but then
0: very i suppose maybe a little bit of miscommunication or a little bit of misfortune uh, where Sheila Riley and um Eilish Cornan collided before the Westmead second goal and it was just I suppose a, a little bit of misfortune um and you can tell from this interview with Eilish Cornan how disappointed she was at the end of the game. Joined by Cavan full back Eilish Corning after all Ireland final, Division Two. I suppose a draw. It's it's one of those things you just don't know how you feel afterwards.
3: Yeah, um, well I know our feeling is certainly disappointment, uh, extremely disappointed. Um, we felt like we just threw it away. We had chances to win the game. We had a few wides there, but I mean it's not the forwards. It's it was the fence as well, like that goal that we gave away in the second half. Probably shouldn't have happened, you know. It was it wasn't down to one person either. It was a mixture of things, and we just I suppose the two of us got it got caught up for going for the one ball and it led to a goal in the end and just very disappointing for us They felt like we were we controlled most of the game and they came back in patches and you know they got the scores at the times that, that they needed and their leader stood up for them as well in the second half and they got the scores when they needed them really
0: Yeah they got I suppose the goals came at crucial stages for them because Cavan were in control a lot of possession of the ball looked like they were you know, the better team for most of the game. But the goals are nearly sucker punches.
3: They were, yeah, yeah. Look I think think that's the one thing that we need to focus on as well I suppose in the next week is get our heads right you know and be, to be mentally strong like we're definitely physically in the best shape that we could possibly be we know that we had the legs on them we knew we like individually our players were I suppose you know we felt that we were as good if not better than Westmead so I think it's maintaining the ball at times where it's crucial you know they turned us over and they got scores when you know they needed them and that's when we should have stayed strong and kept possession and you know not giving ball away, or even not just you know getting a tackle in and holding them up, you know, just small things like that that is crucial on, on the big day. And you know that's what happened for them in the end, and they got the scores when they needed them. And you know we we learned from it, you know. next week, you know, I think it's it's very short turnaround, you know, and the body's going to be tired. After today, the heat and all, so you know we haven't got long to prepare for next weekend. But we'll we we'll learn from it, and hopefully we'll we'll bring a bit more to it uh, next next weekend.
0: Yeah, I suppose you mentioned the body's being tired, and it's going to be a short turnaround. It, we're standing out here on the pitch in Planet Park. It's very very warm. What was it like to play? The, the ground is hard. Yeah. It, I'd say it was tough on the body.
3: It was extremely warm. You know, like I suppose I was in full-back, but I suppose around the middle, you know, Don and, and Sinead Sullivan, you know, they they work right out there. Like there must have been seriously. You know, well not dehydrated, but you know we had a lot of water on board. But even like in the full back lane I could find my, my mouth really dry just because of the the heat. You know, and you know, it was the warmest day of the year. And so far, so yeah, that obviously was the same for both teams. And um, so look at you know whatever the conditions are. You know, we can't complain about the sun either. You know, it's uh, it, it was warm, but look at we still uh, just let it slip let it slip through our fingers. Hope, unfortunately, and hopefully we we'll rectify that next Sunday or on a Saturday, whenever it is.
0: Yeah, so Calvin full back there, English Corning. You know, obviously disappointed. A factor within the game too was Calvin's fitness was phenomenal because the heat out there. You were in Portugal, and I doubt it was as 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 warm as as Barnell Park. Or if it was, you definitely wouldn't have liked to have been running in it.
1: No, well I was lying, I was lying up drinking drinking uh, white Russians on the beach and and watching watching the farmers' tan growing on my feet. So <laughs> uh, it's a big difference in that and trying to cover the, the ground of Parnell Park. I can yeah. imagine.
0: Definitely, so A look at, as I say, the replay is this coming Sunday, it's at 4 o'clock in Boer, um, so hopefully you can get down and support the ladies, if you can't there will be regular updates on Shannon Side Order and Sound, so tune into that, uh, I think Mickey Brennan will be bringing you those updates, so uh, best of luck to the girls, hopefully you get over the line this weekend, I'm sure uh, I've heard, uh, you talk about lads football, I know of one player anyway who had holidays planned, and basically now has had to can- cancel the holidays to to make herself available for this. I know of other girls who had exams this week gone by, you know, doing their final exams in college and stuff. It's it's in lads you hear about this all the time, and it's it's highlighted and promoted about the sacrifice, and they get far more. Uh, in terms of maybe food, in terms of travel expenses, than these girls' profile. Get. Profile on top of it, but the girls are, are, are putting in every bit as much with with far less recognition for the amount of effort to put in.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And you know what you you hear um, you hear the whole tale of of woe concerning intercounty men's footballers a lot, like, and it's nearly like it's it's a such a grind and a chore and all that. But I remember Jerry Cairn and the athletics coach was saying you don't know the half of it like some of these some of these athletes are are on a minimal grant and are basically full time athletes scrimping yeah. and saving and working on that shift here and there or maybe on a 12 grand a year grant and don't have any of that support structure and are training just as hard or harder. so and are getting no return for it like they might be the number the number of 16 um, 400 metre runner in Europe which is a phenomenal achievement but yet they might not be that well known in this country at all because of that so so um, I think, yeah, I think the ladies sometimes, are the same yeah the ladies are the same like sometimes the male inter county footballers should count their blessings because it's not all bad yeah well definitely and plus there's, there's employment opportunities and all that stuff that come up being a, an inter county footballer that, that's not there with other sports people who are playing a big effort
0: yeah, yeah. Well, look at it. We, we we definitely not seen the game last weekend and seen the effort that they're putting in. I, I for one appreciate it. I would have liked to see a bigger crowd. I was disappointed with Calvin support that actually ended up going going up to the game. And um, you know, I think that they, they deserve a bigger crowd of of people to go and support them. And hopefully, uh, a bigger crowd will show up and bore because the, uh, the the level of effort these girls are putting in is absolutely brilliant. Like talking to them in the build up to the game. they're coming down for training from Dublin or from wherever they may be for midweek training sessions then making sure they're down for the Friday training session and plenty of time as well it takes a huge amount of commitment doing their own gym sessions or maybe a running session up in Dublin or wherever they may be once or twice a week as well so you know never mind the holidays that they're missing out on it's a huge amount of sacrifice I hope to get the reward they deserve this coming Sunday so Best of luck to the ladies. Moving on, Cavan on the seventeens. Paul had a a massive win over Derry. Um, we talk we talk about preparation. I have to say, the the, the lack of preparation maybe with this Derry on the seventeen team was slightly astounding. Like when I was coming into Breheny Park to see their manager with Jeans tucked into his uh, football socks, uh, an old Jerry Derry t-shirt on, and him lining up the under seventeens on the sideline to start a warm-up that we'd have been doing maybe thirty years ago when when I started playing football at under tens. So I, I, I was astonished to see just how little Derry put into this competition, maybe. But I was also impressed with how good Cavan were.
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to know. Um how strong that dairy team was. First of all, that'd be the first thing I'd like to I'd like to know. Like, if that was a full strength dairy team or close to it, um, you know, even through quarter strength dairy team, that was a huge statement by Calvin. Um, it, it's hard to know. We probably need to get get talking to someone from Derry to find out um, how seriously they took that in terms of of choosing their best personnel. In terms of the way they're prepared, like that's just that was the way they approached it. I'd be more I'd be more interested in knowing was that the makeup of it was it the best players, but I saw that cabin team against Tyrone own up in Crueberley a few weeks ago and I was very impressed with them very good forwards we talked about the likes of Callum Lynch um, Sean Martin Shawnee uh the big man Hanley from much Connacht um, huge big young lad he reminded me a wee bit of Michael Argue or, or David Givney, like a big tall fellow with a long stride and a bit of pace and good skills as well so they definitely have good players Killian Brady from Rammer at number 6 Um Gavin Brady from Mulhorn I think came in as well.
0: He, come on, he came on. He he actually was suffering we'll hear from John Brady um in a wee bit, but he he was suffering with a wee bit of flu or something, so he only came on um scored a point when he came on, so another another good player addition. Like,
1: Good player. Ulster Ulster ran a fast All Star he was as well. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's a good team. A very good cabin team and I think Antrim would be probably tricky. I know um there's a fellow I know involved with Antrim at uh, underage level in development squads the last couple of years and they've put in a good effort like they're more organised than they were and they're, they are starting to really focus on it and I'd say they will be targeting this one now like they had a good win the last day they will be targeting this one and saying look w- we can take a scalp here from Calvin and get to a final it would be huge progress for Antrim if they could because they haven't been in- making any else to finals at underage level and they're probably thinking this is a new grade we'll, we'll put all our eggs in this basket and like Calvin did with the under 21s to an extent a few years ago take it really seriously get I a title know. or two so I think I think that normally you'd with, not, with, with all respect to Antrim, like you, you'd look at Antrim and say, well, look, they're generally they're, their records suggest they're the weakest team in Ulster in recent years on the edge, and you'd be looking at that going that's a, that's a nice draw, like you could have had a at Tyrone or someone, but I, I have a feeling Antrim will be all right this time. But uh, will
0: will the talent factor? I don't know you can never you can never use. Maybe past games as a, as a measure and stick, but it's the only stick that we have to measure it by. And Derry beat the Antrim team two twelve to two seven in the in the under seventeen Ulster league. So does that stay something? Well, more? it
1: does, it does, because it's not like you know, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't work that team A t- beat team B. So so, um, so and team C beat team A, so the C will beat B. It doesn't work yeah. that obviously. But when there's a twenty point differential or whatever it was, Calvin Mumbai Like you'd have to say the Cavan. Definitely are operating on a higher level than Derry. So if Derry can beat Antrim by five points to score two twelve against them, you know, what something to be told. Yeah, it's hard to put together lines of form here because we don't really know. But like, if you had to read anything into it, that looks that looks so a positive for Calvin. and again good stuff out of John Brady as well he's a good but, record the last couple of years But then just
0: to completely throw the curveball at it the only other game that Derry won in that competition was against Fermanagh, and that was because Fermanagh conceded they were beaten by Tyrone and by Donegal and both convincingly enough they only scored 8 points I think it was against Tyrone two thirteen. Tyrone scored against them and then against Donegal Derry were beaten three eleven to 6 points so although it looks like Derry look very weak there. They look stronger than, than Antrim, and yet very much weaker than both Donegal and Tyrone, who are on the other side. Tyrone haven't beaten Donegal already, so it 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 mightn't actually. Although it looks like a good side to get to an Ulster final, it mightn't be a good side because you're you're getting no competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look,
1: if we won't we won't course it because they could go out and lose Antrim. You never know what young fellas, but. Um, so far, so good. I think that that group had a bit of success in the Jerry Riley tournament the last couple of years as well, under 16. So they've been training with the minors, and I'd say you'll, you'll find a few of them will play in the
0: Minor Championship later in the year as well. So the the best luck to them. Yeah, you'd be surprised if they don't. But I caught up with uh, Cavan manager John Brady, and, and after stating that it was a, a great victory, I, I started by asking him how strong was this panel, and were there other players to come back into the fold?
4: we're hoping to get a few more players into the panel under 16 so um, we've identified you know, areas that we need to, to strengthen up to probably 3 or 4 areas on the field and if we get them 3 or 4 players we'll give it a good rattle but we'll see we won't know till Monday night management meeting on Monday night so we'll see you after that
0: Yeah, it, 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 it was by no means at any stage tight, you got off to such a phenomenal sk- uh, start with two goals in the opening 10-15 minutes, it really set you up for the rest of the game.
4: Yeah, it set us up we were, um, we were probably well laid out, you know what I mean, we, when we moved the ball forward at pace, it took us a wee while just to work out where their sweepers were in place and stuff like that but when we started moving the ball fast we, we seemed to be able to cut through them at will basically and one thing about the forwards we, we've lads that's very comfortable on the ball and, and comfortable playing with each other probably as well do you know they can take the scores from from any position to be fair Derry were very poor I thought throughout the hour but look we had to do what we had to do and the important thing for me in the second half was to try and keep the momentum going do you know for the game we probably start the second half a wee bit slow from my liking and then it ended up conceding the penalty which you don't want to be doing them in tight games either. So,
0: yeah, Shawnee Kogan showed that he's not only comfortable on the ball, taking it by a player, but he's he's very selfless, setting up two goals where you know he, he could have maybe tapped the ball over the bar himself, but
4: he had that killer instinct. Yeah, that's Shani. He'll always, he's always suss out a goal if there's anything there at all. If it's only 30% chance of getting a goal, Shani will suss it out for you. But, um, no, he has. He's developed his game on maybe last year at under-16 level and that. He probably went on and had a shot himself or whatever, but he's developed that part of his game now as well. Um, he's, a, he's a good player, no more than any of the rest of them, you know.
0: Yeah, there's lots of them there. You could go through your entire forward line. We were, during commentary, talking about Keane McGovern's ability to pass balls. Callum, Callum Lynch was playing exceptionally well before he went off. Patrick Lynch, I think, finished with 2-6 or 2-7. Phenomenal scorers in, in that forward line. But midfield was very, very strong too. Shane Hanley, Kenneth Fidojo, Dylan Malloy, they just controlled it out there.
4: Yeah, and uh, uh, Gareth Mannion, who came in at the last minute for Gavin Gavin Brady was sick the last couple of days, so... Um, Ryan came in and done a, done a wonderful job mightn't have been showing up spectacular but he was involved in every breaking ball and winning them then again so, and driving us forward um, Kent did very very good along with him Shane Hanley serious option for kickouts as well as everything else and he can score as well he's not just a big man he has pace as well so um, look we we'll would be happy enough getting over today that's basically all you can take out of it and Patrick Lynch's freeze are coming to play off the ground now since the, the league we've probably changed that a wee bit he's taking a strike and him off the ground now so he's, he's a good fairly high success rate with them off the ground the one he took out of his hands he kicked it wide that's
0: a yeah, and yeah right, it, it, it leaves you now in the semi-final I think Antrim beat Armagh on the other side um, or on, on this side of the draw so next weekend it goes straight into the semi-final next Saturday um, I, I I presume it's a neutral venue but either way it, it, it's Antrim you're taking on you haven't come across them in the league so you might know a lot
4: no they, they played the other side of the, the group but you look, at, you can't read too much into what happened in the league um, we can only do what we can do uh, we've used the league as a stepping stone and giving players chances and gaining confidence from the games so you know that's what we do what other counties do and I'm not quite do you know what I mean that's up to them but we were going down to face Antrim next week like Antrim bet Armagh didn't go well in the league but there was rumour that they had a good strong team out for the championship so you don't know and you don't know what young lads either you know especially all whatever will be said about them during the week in media or whatever and you know to go out and get a performance next week as well And at the end of the day it's an Ulster championship semi-final so you know the first ever under 17 so it would be lovely to get to an Ulster final and try and compete to win it
0: yeah, so John Brady, I suppose, stating that there wasn't really much he could learn, and, and I, 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 an honest interview, in fairness, where he, he he simply stated that he was surprised at how weak Derry were. Yeah, sure he was. I was surprised that you know to
1: see the scoreline because I would, my impression of Derry from looking at the results in college's football and the great work going on like Ulster minor club and stuff like that, is that Derry underage football was very much on the rise. So I'm surprised to see them so weak, and like obviously, maybe they're not focusing very much on it, on the grade. But if if they're not, they're foolish because um, it's so competitive. Like you know, these boys are their minor team of next year, and uh, they've missed out. If they're, they're they're starting next year at a disadvantage, if they're not if they're not really focusing on this grade because it's so competitive. Like uh, every little bit counts now at these at these um, minor and under 21 grades in Ulster
0: yeah it definitely does he 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 he's mentioned at the start of the interview about um about the under sixteens that he'd he'd have liked to bring in um and how there was there was a management meeting from what my understanding of that management meeting was that the decision has been made again to not bring in those under sixteen not allow the under sixteens to play which is it is a a county by county rule there's no rule overall but they i believe from uh, earlier on in the year, way back, the decision was made to keep under seventeens together, under sixteens together, and not not let them overlap. Use it as development. I think since John Brady then uh, wanted to bring in a few more, the county board has stayed by the initial rule. And, and look, it's it's one of those things that. You, you could have your opinions that well look go out and win it and bring in if there's under 16s that are good enough to strengthen up that team bring them in and then you know the other point of it is well look at we're trying to develop footballers here stay with those group of boys be loyal to them so it's it's, it's a difficult situation County Board made the decision and you have to stand by it
1: Yeah I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it but um my gut feeling on it would be that it's a, it's a means to an end like this especially yeah. this year it's it's not an established competition it's a new competition it's actually terms of it are actually it's called a special competition special competition yeah so it, it, it's a means to an end it's about bringing true fellas so you know it's not it's not uh, it's not one of these competitions that it's all about winning you know it's more you know let's say compare it to a, you know a championship a senior championship is all about winning but a mechanic Cup's not all about winning; it's about it's about developing, and this mm-hmm. this would be more of a mechanic cup than an also senior championship if
0: you're going to put it on a scale. Yeah, definitely. It's it, like it it, it 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 raises the debate in my head: what's the best way to develop? As in, if Calvin are beaten by Antrim at the weekend, the development for everybody on the under seventeen is over. If Calvin win against Antrim without those under sixteens, the development continues. If if they're beaten by Antrim people then can turn around and say oh well should they uh, should they have brought in the under 16s won that competition out with those under 16s and then the development gets better I, I don't think there's, there's a right or wrong yeah, there's no really hard it, is opinion.
1: Yeah, it is but um, I do think that I, I think the reason the reason that people get so excited about underage success because it is proven to be a precursor of senior success in a lot of cases or if, there's very few teams that make a breakthrough ok the carries in Dublin so they're always winning regardless they're through the decades but teams that make a breakthrough like Leash Westmead Cavan 97 teams that come from, kind of from nowhere or off the pace to win something generally you'll notice ok there was underage success there so people get excited when you win an underage because underage success generally signifies that you've got four or five outstanding individuals yeah. and, and that's why that's why that link is there but what skews that is if if you put massive resources into one underage team to win an underage competition okay you win that underage competition and you go okay naturally enough we've won that now we're going to see senior success but you mightn't have the four or five individuals and you might make up for it in other ways but it might necessarily then give you senior success so it's a means to an end you always have to remember it's a means to an end
0: Is, is it? Is it looking at that will Cavan have put in a huge amount of work since whenever John Brady got these under 17 together to win this competition whereas Derry evidently didn't so you know we're we're already skewed that we, we've we put in a bigger effort than Derry and probably than Fermanagh and maybe some of the other teams that would doubt Arma I think were was it Armagh were beaten by Down at the weekend, or sorry, no Monaghan. Um, Monaghan were beaten, well beaten by Down, um, which was, I suppose, a surprise. But the, the point being, we've put in a huge effort to develop these under seventeens. Um, Tyrone, I would suggest, have done the exact same. So you know, we, we should see it through with with the development. Hope that we win it, but continue with the idea of development.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think so as well. Like, like um. I always remember when Cavan beat Donegal in one of those, those 21 finals and Martin McHugh was on the radio and he kind of people were accusing him of Sarah Graves, but he kind of said uh, uh, well Donegal would be just as happy as Cavan we didn't win it and his son was on it Like he probably was a wee bit annoyed at the loss and his nephew was on it as well but he says um, we didn't win it tonight but we're bringing through more individuals from this team than Cavan will and I remember a lot of people were giving out and saying like that oh, sour out of, out of Martin McHugh and all that in hindsight you know, he might have had a point that, that Donegal probably did bring through a few more individuals of the, that team
0: well that team had Ryan McHugh uh, Paddy, Paddy McBearty Paddy McBerty, the other McHugh Owen McHugh Owen McHugh you know, the, yeah and Mark lads, Riley
1: yeah these lads are operating at a high level now like and you know probably as we saw when they played Cavan in the league probably are operating at a higher level definitely are operating at a higher level than the
0: funny thing the funny thing about that is this year gone by Donegal trounced our, our under-21s and Martin McHugh was in, in the press box beside me and when he was going he said the most worrying thing about that for Calvin is is there a county senior on that panel and Jim McGuinness said it the first time the, the first time we beat Donegal in the under-21s and he was fuming it was after they had beat us the year before he was fuming and he said there's not a county senior on that Cavan team so I just wonder is this just a, a common thing that comes out from Donegal people after under 21 games that they want to say there's no county seniors in that Cavan panel <laughs> well, maybe so yeah. I've <laughs> heard it three times <laughs> maybe you're right yeah but Brady's Arval Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford Leitrim, Monaghan Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details.
1: You know, we have brought through a lot of a lot of seniors from those was teams. Jimmy Guinness was definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was. But like, you know, to go, just to go back briefly to those four hundred twenty one Cavan teams. Why have we not won those title yet? Like, you know, people are getting impatient. Um, that's what I'm not saying that, but people are saying that. Like, but if you look at those four Cavan 21 teams, there was really just two teams in that. There was there was the first team that made the breakthrough in two thousand and eleven. You had and of that team, you've only got Niall Mori groge with and um Niall McDermott. Dermot. Omar was there for a while. Lots of them were there for a while, but they're the only three that are really there at the minute. I think, you know, Fergus Flanagan was there for a while. Sorry, Jack Brady's there as well. Um, I think he was only 19 that year. You know, so that's all that came of that team. The, the following three under 21s were really built around one team it was the 2011 Miners. Like you had Joe Dillon, Killian Clark, um, Brian Sankey, Jerry Smith, Jerry Smith, Darmy Feedy, Cameron Brady, Connor um, uh Liam Buchanan Conor Michael Matthew. Argue. Paul Graham that team and more have come off that team um, so really really what happened there was a sort of a, one of those hope and history briefly rhymed there where where Kevin won under 21 so there would have been a bit of a carryover from that team but the fact that they happened to win the minor all those lads were only 19 they were in their first year under 21 the setup was in place the winning mentality was there from the year before and they floated straight in we had the momentum we went on and won, th- won three more but it was really you know it was the last three of the four were really based around that minor team.
0: Yeah, has has it come back to the, the point that, yet again, we need and in fairness, we have to say I don't think that anyone can can argue with it. That conveyor belt started with Terry Highland taking the under twenty ones and and starting to make it into a, a a mini county senior setup with the level of professionalism. Professionalism he brought into that on the twenty ones setup. I think John Brady has started that again now with with the minors. I think the level of work and and we've become very competitive at, at right championship is where it's all at, but development is what we're talking about for minors for under seventeens. And in development, you have to win games and he's won games he's won more games at minor and under 17 than we have at league football than we had in the previous two years so I think development John Brady has started that again I, I, I have a fair idea from talking to people who are close to Terry Highland if he was asked to come back in and take uh, an underage team be it under 20s next year or minors or whatever the case would be I think he'd be keen to do it surely Jerry Brady and co have to be knocking on his door Niall Lynch has two years done I think it was two years that he was was his term or was his contract and it's a new competition next year on the 20s beat down Terry Highland's door and ask him take this job will you take the under 20s job and and bring us back to that conveyor belt of success that you that you done back in 2010 or 9 you know started on yeah
1: well it doesn't necessarily have to be the under 20 team next year like I don't know what their plans are for that team but at some stage I would say bring Terry Highland back without a shadow of doubt, ter- Terry Highland's success with underage with younger fellas is is exceptional like and he, he relates very well with younger younger people like um he gets on well with them he's got a good rapport with younger people and he's got a great personality for dealing with young young lads like yeah. and like, we saw that with Lavi like he had a fantastic success with Lavi men in Ulster intermediate final and that was with a very young Lavi team for the most part and with the Cavendish 21s so I I think Terry and Terry would be the first to admit I'd say he's a much better manager now even than he was in 2011 because he wouldn't learned so much over the years like learning on the job as he went and you know I think I think it would be it would be an exceptional appointment if you could get Terry back involved because he's such a passionate Cav man as well as hard is in it and give him a chance to recharge the batteries for a, for a year or two and bring him back surely and I think it would be I think I would be very optimistic that he'd do very well
0: yeah I think I think it's something that should be looked at if if that is a vacancy there at the minute and again I'm not 100% sure on it with, with if Niall Lynch has agreed another year or not I, I don't know the county board know the ins and outs but if, if there's a vacancy on the 20s I know John Brady definitely has another year as in next year he's the under 17 manager so you know I, I, I'd, I'd just love to see Terry back in I know from hearing stuff that's going on behind the scenes that we'll be bringing to you in the next few weeks and We Are Calvin that that Terry's commitment to Calvin is unquestionable in what he's been done, doing in the last six months as well so um, look I'd love to see that there and I'd love to see just ask him the question Terry are you willing to put your name in the hat for an under 20s job or for a minor job as it's coming up or under 17s as the case may be because he's he's a resource that are few and far between in Calvin and he, he has proven that he can take lads put them on the right track to be in the best that they can be at, at inter-county level and you know I think that's what we need. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Fully I'm fully agree with. When we time. do when we are talking about the county panel there's um, there's, there's there's changes afoot all the time on the Cavan panel. The on the 20s uh, or on the 21s a lot of them have been brought in. Donald Monaghan played against Meade on Sunday night gone by as did Luke Fortune uh, Ryan Connolly scored three points in the second half one from a sideline a phenomenal score Cuevian O'Reilly brought in as well he scored a, a brilliant point where he came up won his own kick out and drove at by three, four mead players and stuck the ball over the bar, showing great potential there. Um, so three under or four under on twenty ones. There might be David Brady, sorry, played as well. Uh, so it's five under on twenty ones brought into the the county senior panel. So it's it's a constant change in feet. The, the senior panel
1: sounds like it. Yeah, I'm delighted to, to hear that. And and what's what makes it more better news again is David Brady, Ryan Connolly, um Kevin Riley. They're all forwards, and probably the best player on that under twenty ones was Conor Bradley, who was also a forward. So the one thing we needed from the under twenty ones was to bring through four forwards, or three or four forwards. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about development. Okay, the under twenty ones beat Fermanagh, and were well beaten by Donegal. But if they if they if they developed four, three or four fellas that can play inter senior football in the forward line in the next two years, then they did their job at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, like, you know, I definitely could see a big improvement in Ryan Connolly's play in the last year or two. He was always a class footballer, but. I I thought he thought he's definitely developed more. with well, this things year, to his bow, this year, like like last year, he didn't. Did he play against her own? No, he, he didn't. He didn't make the twenty four last make year. Make the twenty four. It was a strange thing, but I did see him for his club last year in the yeah. championship, and he showed us some flashes. But I thought he was very good. And this then year. got injured. Then got injured. Yeah, he but I, I think injured. he's got something. Like he's completely two footed. There's not many players yeah. can kick 45s five's above feet could be a goalkeeper
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus don't be putting him right down. but he's
1: got he's got pace as well and and, uh, and he's an eye for goal an eye for goal and he's a confidence player like yeah. and the best forwards are you know g- get them a bit of confidence and they're unstoppable and he's the type of fella that if he could click now and get confidence he could be in there ripping it up and training for all we know he could be thrown in and could feature against Monaghan or Fermanagh you wouldn't know mm-hmm. he's that type of confidence player because there's no doubt in his ability David Brady's another lad who who um, was unlucky that he got a bad break of his arm there over the winter, and that affected his build-up. But he had been going really well. Like he, yeah. he's about kind of. He's the leader of the his team now, and he's only twenty twenty-one. He's definitely one to watch. And, and yeah, huge, it, huge fella. Like up
0: there. Here in Callaghan Electrical Limited has been providing a quality service to the industrial, commercial, and domestic sectors nationwide since nineteen ninety-six. Reduce your business's energy bill with our energy audit. Or if you need any electrical works carried out, why not contact Kieran Callaghan Electrical on zero four nine four double three zero one one one. Well, Michael argue I think is off the Calvin panel now. Um, he he's he stepped aside. We obviously have the injuries to Killian Clark and Darren McVitie. Nobody seems to know how how. Bad or how long they're going to be out, but neither of them togged out. I don't think Conor Mina, um He's he's carrying a bit of an injury as well at the minute. Um, but then there's rumour that David Givney is back in as well. So haven't heard any confirmations on those yet.
1: No, I haven't heard no confirmation. I, I've been off as I was saying, but I'd be interested to see now, especially with with Givney. Um, I think he'd, he. I think he would bring an extra dimension. to Cavan He's a player that's very hard to replace. Because uh, you can't just throw a big fella in a full forward. Like there's a there's an art to playing a full forward, and I think Givney is a is a master of the art. He, and he was really, really coming to his milk, as they say, last year before he got that bad injury. And with him went our season last year. You know, we mm-hmm. everything was going great. We were promoted. He played well in Crow Park in the league final. We beat Armagh. We drew. We drew with Tyrone, and he wrecked McNamee that day. And we were five points each in the replay, and Givney pulled his grind and it's, our season just went downhill from there like, and we
0: end up losing it our own You talk about the art of, of the full forward position I, I went to see him against Kildallan in the All-County Football League two weeks ago and uh, he was playing out of midfield and the, Kildallan were in complete control of the game so Martin Dunn, who was who was I think master on the line for Mount uh, for Nugent that evening decided to put him into full forward and instead of him when he went in full forward as is the natural reaction to Kildallan two sweepers came back sitting in front of him so instead of him standing on the box at one stage uh, Kildallan were on the attack at the other end and Givney came out to the sideline and uh, the sweepers naturally went over towards the sideline to that space to try and cover off the space so you had a man marker you had Givney on the sideline a man marker right beside him a sweeper between him and the goals and then another sweeper wondering Jesus do I stay central do I move over I don't know what to do here I'm worried about giving but a sweeper should stay central in his head so he caused confusion by going out to the sideline the sweepers then naturally as Magnus won the ball naturally started to go over towards him he, he made a, a dummy run out towards the ball that drew a sweeper about 40 yards away from goal, trying to intercept that idea of a pass, and then at the last second he turned and darted towards the middle. And there was a lovely ball. I think it was Kieran Caffrey passed it into him right in front of the goal. The sweepers were completely nullified by it. It was slightly at an angle. He got, he grabbed the ball just at 100 miles an hour and blasted it to the back of the net. There you go, classic. Like just brilliant play by Givney. Yeah. It. And I was looking I'd going, Jesus, I'd love to see that blue jersey on your back again. Like it was just phenomenal. Now having said that. Kildare still won the game because they're they're going well. But,
1: but a, cur- a county player, um, the lower down the levels you go, the 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 bigger impact they have. Like, have you took a good county player like David Givney playing at junior championship level there? I know that was a league yeah. game, but his two clubs that will take part in a junior championship. You know, like he's, he'd be devastating at that level. Like he just yeah. would just would just he'd have it upstairs, and plus he'd have a physique-wise in every other way. So yeah. uh, look, at it, it's it's. Uh, it's exciting for Cavanagh giving his back, and I think it's a
0: it's a new dimension. Um, well, there, we're all ta- we're talking about the exciting players on the panel that that are being added in there, like Quivian Riley. to me was very exciting against Mead. Um, up at the the ball Ballinock opening of the pitch we're talking about Kivney Buchanan went in on the square got a goal in the last minute you know it was exciting forward play David Brady I don't think he's back to full fitness I don't think he's at his best yet but a very exciting player and Ryan Connolly, sublime skill on the ball so at least we're talking about forwards that are that are you know, exciting at the minute now. I think it's, just, it's a pity
1: McVitie, McVitie got injured, Damien, I mean, because McVitie and Givney is a mouthwatering prospect in a full forward line together. Like, because, yeah. because McVitie can actually win his own ball as well. But with Giveney, if, if defenders have to watch
0: Givney, and it gives and, more space. Ah, look at the, it. has like been electrifying when he's gone in there. The most exciting part, apparently, and I missed the, the first twenty five minutes of the the mead challenge match at the weekend was the half forward line in the first half apparently of Mackie Grode and uh, and Martin Riley were, were absolutely electric. They were they were brilliant. Well, Mackie's in
1: good shape. I saw him in the league match against against Rammer a couple of weeks ago and like his passing is brilliant. Like he's he's so such a smart player, like and he does have the option. He's not as fast as he was but that's he's a lot of miles on the clock like but he can still beat a man. Plus plus you stand off him. I think he's it, trying to
0: clock that clock.
1: But <laughs> if you stand off him, he he can he can open a defence with a pass. Like he's got a huge boot on him as well. Like, you know, he's not a huge man, but he's got a huge boot. Like he can kick a point for fifty yards.
0: Like what he has in fairness to him for a small man and, and we were talking about uh, Key and McGovern for the under seventeens, for a small man, usually you can see a, a tall man standing it with his head above it. it's like the quarterback in American football where the head is above everybody else so he can see these passes just like a giraffe just putting his head up and oh there's that pass but Mackey and Cian McGovern and Mickey Ling used to have it as well where even in a crowded area and they, they didn't have the height to put the head above the, the bunch the pack but they still could see those passes. Yeah. All all they need is the, was head the, up. the, the no. glimpse of an arm and oh I know that man is there and I know there's nobody around him and they can give these beautiful passes. Mackey is is probably the best in Cavan at the minute at that. Oh he is. He is. Like I I think Mackie
1: and Mina are probably the two best foot passers in Cavan. But I think Mackey Mina is a great man to deliver a fifty yard pass into the chest. It looks spectacular and he is very good at that. But Mackey can deliver a defense splitting pass. Like he, he can get it, deliver a perfectly weighted pass that'll just take two defenders and out it of the game. It
0: doesn't take that long for Mackey to see that pass. No, he can for see
1: that as soon as he sees this it, done Split like, second. I mean yeah. I, I've long believed this. Mackey won't be appreciated until he retires. Like Mackey is a thoroughbred. He's a brilliant, brilliant footballer like and well, he's, take, he's taken he's for granted
0: in cabin, well, Van Gogh who basically was was considered a lunatic until he died and then he was a genius
1: Oh I'm not saying lunatic, he's probably listening <laughs> but he's a, he's a, a class a footballer I'll give
0: him that I'm saying he's a lunatic <laughs> if you are listening Mackey <laughs> an absolutely a uh, genius flawed genius <laughs> but uh, moving on very quickly All County Football League wrap up we, we, we went on a wee bit too long there well, maybe time will tell people can let us know if we ramble too much but the All County Football League uh, Division 1 just looking at us there on the laptop in front of you, I think or maybe it's no, uh, has the laptop gone to sleep that shows a lot we rambled. <laughs> but all county kind of football league. The the big result from the weekend. Uh, Cavan Gael's given an absolute tank into Ramor. Uh, Cavan Gael's not at full strength. Rammer looking at the team sheet, right? Missing Ado Cole. Maybe it shows how important he is to their team. But they had the Jack Brady. They had James McEnroe. Conor Bradley was missing as well. So I suppose.
1: Yeah, but, but you know the one thing team that should be able to, to cope with these losses is, is in terms of personnel is Rammer like you know they have a huge panel of lads and some some class players on the bench do you know if, like not many teams I say the likes of Shane Cole and fellas like that that are coming on for Rammer start with most teams Adam O'Connell these fellas would start on the, practically every other team in Calvin. I would say they start on them all <coughs> so I think uh, you know ok Rammer are missing a couple but they should they should still be competing better than that. That's a, that was a huge catching take, result for the game. Yeah,
0: if if you take what what Ramo were missing, you you, you take your Ed Cole Trump, you I, I I level it with Niall Murray You take your your. Connor Bradley, I level it with Stephen Murray. You know, you you take I don't know who else was missing for Ramer. I, I level it with Shani Johnson. Yeah, you know, sure, Shani uh, come off for five The Gales are probably
1: missing more, In the, you know, the cumulative effect of the fells the Gales are missing on their panel was more than the effect of what are missing from theirs
0: How how big is that result when we when we finish up at the end of this season? We're talking about championship, and how, potentially how big is that result for for Cavan Gales? Well,
1: some people will say that that. Uh, you don't want to show your hand early, and like you know, that's a good result for Rammer to get the wake-up call. What's my beating in the league? I don't, I don't subscribe to that theory. I think that you put your best foot forward, and we've talked about this before in the podcast. I think the best team generally wins. Like, and you see it more and more. You know, you saw with Leash beating our match three times last year. We said this before: De- Tyrone beating Derry five times. Cavan Derry, Kevin Derry and Tyrone beat. playing playing uh, four or five times, and Cavan not winning any of them. One draw and three or four defeats. So I I think that that's a big statement for for the Gales. I think they were right to put their best foot forward. Go out and try and win the game, and and they did it. And the aura is coming back for, with the Gales. Like it's very hard to get that aura back. It's like heavyweight boxing. They say they never come back. There's there's a reason for that. The heavyweights. Ali was the first one to do it. But the heavyweights once they're beaten, they're beaten. Yeah. And it was so hard. They used to always say they never come back.
0: Once you're bet, you stay bet.
1: Yeah, you stay back because the aura is worth so much to you. But the Gales are showing that they're they're coming back now, and they, yeah, they did go through a bit of a rebuilding period for a while. But they're going to be right there. And I think if they don't win the championship, the team that beats them probably will this year because they're going to be they're right up there in the top two or three again. Which is which is what we need because the biggest town in Cavan, and Cavan football needs needs um, Cavan town to be strong again. Like when the games were kind of off the pace the last couple of years. It, it, it it probably levelled the field, the playing field a lot because they had been so dominant. But probably wasn't wasn't good for quality either. So when Why the it
0: raised the bar. Yeah, I don't think it raised the
1: bar. Like the way I used to describe it was when the gales were when the gales were at their best. Let's say the gales were a nine out of ten team, you know, and the rest of the field were like a seven out of ten. And if the gales had a bad day and dropped to an eight, and the other teams came up, they could beat them. But I th- I don't think the other teams came up to a nine out of ten. I generally think the gales drop right back to their level. And uh that that's that's what happened. That's why their six or seven teams could have won the championship the last couple of years. So yeah. it, you know, it's amazing that uh people were sick of the Gales winning and sick of the Gales winning for years. And, and more than Germany I'd say we're really sick of it. But now no. you'd be thinking Oh ah, no,
0: god no. She's <laughs> we love thy neighbour. Love thy neighbour, <laughs> definitely. But K, staying staying in division one, Castle ran got back on the, the winning path, um beating Gauna uh one fifteen to two seven. I suppose the other news in Division One is that the, the two teams out looking for a manager after this weekend Mullahorn defeated by Coothill one fourteen to to one eight. The Coothill manager has been gone a couple of weeks now, um, which I didn't realise, and uh, the Mullahorn manager I think went straight after that game. So you know casualties were already back on the the manager merry go round. You know they're they're out looking and they're hunting, but things aren't good for 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 Muller Horn Coothill it didn't seem like they were going that terribly bad but I suppose I don't know so so is the decision I think it was something to do with lads playing a soccer match a challenge for a soccer match instead of training with Coothill footballers or something like that so. Right
1: well there are, you know Coothill is probably unique in that there's a very strong soccer club in Coothill and you do have a half dozen very good soccer players on that Coothill team so there's no other club in Cavan. You know, you, the other team you mentioned Mullahorn. I don't think there's any soccer player on the Mullerhorn panel. Whereas whoever takes over Cudhill is going to have to be aware of the fact that we have dual players here, and it's a, it's a unique situation. A couple of hoarders, few Fair Yeah, fairness. Cudhill Soccer Club is is a strong club, like and in the Cavan League, Cudhill uh, and Clonus are always battling out at the top. They were, they did win the Ulster Junior Cup a couple of years ago. Mm. We probably people in in GA probably looked down their noses a wee bit at junior soccer, but if you look at Cudhill's facilities and their record outside of Cavan and their they're 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 strong like and uh, it, that that would that would have helped pride. the football club. There's yeah, pride. There is it's a really well established club, but that would have helped the the, the Gaelic club too, like because you know th- th- there are there are complementary skills in the two games. And probably it keeps over probably
0: active throughout the winter. Yeah, absolutely. It means that lads aren't going finishing their football in September, October, and lying on the couch until next January or February, putting on four stone and then trying to battle the battle the. The spring and and lose that weight again. They're coming back in reasonably good shape. Exactly. If
1: you look at take someone like Enda Hest, who's an absolute artist on the ball, like like there's no way he'd have that kind of skill in Gaelic if he wasn't a soccer player. Like it's yeah. all it's all complementary skill. So, but anyway, we're getting off the the, the, the beaten track there. I think I think are in a bit of bother, and I think they're probably going to go down in the league. They're definitely going to go down the league. I think Barna a major surprise and five uh, games
0: played, no points, no points. Like
1: it, but I think they're they're going to be and up they against still have in the
0: Calvin championship Gales, so. Calvin Gales, Castle Rahan and Rammer to play yet three out of the top five you yeah.
1: know no they're in, they're in bother but I, I think the championship would be their goal now they'd be looking to stay up but you know what ok Mollohorn have been senior for since the 80s or whatever and Mollohorn are, are always seen as a traditional senior club but it mightn't be the end of the world if they were if to go down um, you're better off like look at Den Den battle and battle and battle to, to stay in the lower ranks of, of senior in the last few years, like and they've great pride in that senior status is hard earned and they didn't want to give it up. But now they're down in the intermediate and they've a hell of a chance of doing well in the intermediate this year. Mm. And which is better for the club, like to, to be to be hanging around the bottom with low attendances of training, nothing realistically, no goal for them What's you know, the motivation? There's club? no motivation. No. Like well then's motivation might have been you know, let's fin- let's be the 13th best senior club. Well, now they can say, "Look, let's win an intermediate championship. Let's get out, big day, Breffni Park, win a championship." The one, the club, like most clubs, have only won a few you championships the in their history. You see go
0: up around the parish. There's nothing better. Yeah.
1: And if Mullerhorn were to go down in, in the championship, or come back with a young team and win an intermediate, it'll be a massive shot in the arm for football in the parish. So, I think, I think uh, senior status can be held t- uh, in too high a regard sometimes. But look, at Mullaghorn will will. Uh, Go life and death to try and stay up, and very all. They briefly
0: talking about intermediate and Beltor but the only team in the intermediate that are operating, they went up to Kings Court. It's always a difficult place to go, but I know they ended up with a defeat, but still put in. They lost two players early on. It's that that Division One status is going to be a huge asset to them going into the championship.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they've brought through some good young lads. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and they've a nice bit of experience there as well. Like two years ago, I think the they lost to a last minute fluke goal um against Arva. Other for that they probably would have been an intermediate final and Arva went to push Baliers all the way. Uh, so look Baltorbada are going to be right there. I think the intermediate is going to be really hard to 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 pick a winner of it again this year. There's about seven or eight teams that can realistically win it. But Baltorbid are definitely in the top two or three of them.
0: Yeah, definitely one of them. Moving on to Division Two very quickly, uh, Killigarry still sitting on top. Five wins from five games to beat Ballinmuckey at the weekend. They're, they're banging in the goals. They've three goals again this weekend, um, scoring three ten against Ballinmuckey. So, you know, Kilgarry, the, the young team, Declan Shorten has them going well.
1: Yeah, scoring forwards, scoring forwards are are uh, worth the weight and gold, especially at club level. Like, and they've got plenty of them and that will carry them a long way like I thought they they slipped back after a great year um, two years ago they they didn't make much progress last year their, their progress definitely stalled but they're they're back now Like they were in the championship semi-final a couple of years ago like two years ago so I think with their young lads that they have coming through and their firepower I think Killarney won't fear too many teams in that senior this year
0: is that is that uh, just just kind of standing over your story again about Mullaghorn going down? They're in Division Two with a young team. Killigarry, is the place to rebuild Division Two, maybe for the league, and even you know the same scenario for for Mullaghorn. It, it it it's going to do them good. The confidence is starting to come in that Kilgarry team.
1: Exactly. It's like it's like someone trying to get fit. You don't go out and say, "Well, I'm going to go out and run a marathon today." <laughs> you start off. You you build it up like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to to think that. We, the best thing we can do is, is go in like, I always I, start with you know, playing handball like what could me be going to play against Paul Brady to try and improve me you because know, he blew me out of the water so I'm better off playing against a fella slightly better than me and trying to improve myself step by step and that's what Kiligary are at it's it's working out nicely for them like, and they'll hit the championship now with a bit of confidence and momentum and, and I think that's better than, than losing games in Division 1
0: yeah Dremelain picking up a uh, much needed point against Bally Hayes that was a wee bit of a surprise
1: it was, yeah, it was. Um, I suppose Connolly. We talked about Conley and Monaghan on the on the county panel. Like, Dublin have lots of good lads. They've lost a few, but they're, they're still pretty strong. Like, I think they've probably underachieved in the last couple of years um, with the players they have. You know, I, I think they've probably should have been competing a little bit better at the last stages of the intermediate. Yeah,
0: possibly should have. When you do mention it, and I, I forgot to say it earlier on, there's rumours going afloat that county players are going to be. This is the last weekend that they're going to be playing. Um, they're meant to be available I think for the following weekend as well but there's rumours that they, uh, they're they coming back from these club games in bad shape not fit to train and um, the county management isn't getting the opportunity to work with them really so there's it'll, it'll be interesting to watch that space there could be a backlash from she that Stanwell back I yeah. don't know
1: what's going to happen there but what do you expect like you can't ask fellas to play every weekend for five or six weekends in do or die league, league matches for a club and then come back in and be 100% f- flying fit and you're fresh you're going to get knocks. you're going to
0: get knocks. it's going it's to happen but at the end of the day you'd hope that, that it'll, it'll improve them um, yeah so look, looking at that division 2 table though Kilachandra sitting at the bottom 5 games no wins then you have Drumley and Shercock uh, with five games and just one win each um, drum lane just above them then with three points but Shercock I suppose that's a bit of a surprise that they're languishing at the bottom of Division 2
1: Yeah and supposed to be getting bad torn outs for training it's, it is a surprise um, I think Shercock have have been a very strong intermediate team the last couple of years so I, I don't know what's going on there No can't shed any light on that but given their track record in the last couple of years and the fact that they have a bit of county experience there as well I'm, I am surprised at that
0: yeah, moving on to division 3, uh sitting on top of that is Butler's Bridge, 5 games, 5 wins, they've 10 points. They uh they beat Red Hills, your own club at the weekend, which was a, a very important game, you know, Red Hills would have been one of the teams you'd be looking at the potential for promotion in that division 3. So Butler's Bridge under um George Dugdale going rightly.
1: Yeah, a good team, nice footballing team like and again a young team. Uh, with with that bit of experience, with the likes of Lorcan Moldeby back there, Fergal Flanagan concentrating on the club this year, I think uh, again, you know, talk about this intermediate championship. The Bridge definitely Do would be watch. wouldn't be one bit surprised to see the Bridge go and win that championship. It's a very close championship, and um, I think the Bridge are, are it's one of the strongest teams the Bridge have ever had. You know, they, for years the Bridge were a yo yo team between intermediate and junior, but now they're actually going on to challenge at intermediate. So that's a step forward
0: for them definitely is. A team you've been talking about for a long time produced the upset in this division last weekend Kildallan beating my own killing care in extremely convincing fashion 3-15 um, to 1-9 you have been talking about them and I probably wasn't listening but I'll tell you what I'll be listening and watching now they're, they're a phenomenally strong physical mobile team. I said it after my Nugent game that I, I I stood up and watched them from that I obviously couldn't sink in the message quick enough or just on the day we just weren't good enough to beat that killed Thiem But they have some really good footballers. O'Hara was back at centre half forward, uh, Ryan Ryan and John O'Neill in the forward line adding pace to it. Darren McGovern didn't even—he only came on with 15 minutes to go. Brought in a bundle of energy. Um, I, had, I had to say, middle of the field was the standout for me. Shane McPartland absolutely dominated, absolutely destroyed our midfield. Like the, the, the himself and they call him Lurch. I don't know who, what his but Cassidy is it? Could be Cassidy. Actually, that sounds about right. The two of them were just colossal in the middle of the field. Yeah, and they're,
1: they're a huge team, Kildallan, and I, I saw them a few times in the last couple of years and. Uh, they tended to make mistakes. They conceded goals, crucial times. They were they were just inexperienced. But they've brought through a, a group of lads, kind of at the one time. Like that team has been on the go now for about five years. Like at one stage, there wasn't much difference in their minor team and their senior team because they, they were decimated at immigration. And now that it's a combination of the, those young lads have got that bit older. And plus, fellas are starting to come back. Fellas He's, come back got from Australia. To get her, yeah, and yeah. And now, like, I'd love to see them win a junior championship. I I'd, I'd absolutely love to see it. It'll be a huge boost for football in in the area. But uh, and the other thing they play good football. Like they're good to watch. I really enjoyed watching them last year. The junior's gonna be interesting this year too, because you've got the likes of Not Bright are much improved and you've got Drummond and Drung down there. was so
0: another upset in that division. Not Bright beat neighbours, Drumgoon. I know Conor Minor wasn't playing, but still that Drumgoon would have been one of the teams expected to get promotion out of that division too. So yeah. I'm
1: really looking forward to all three championships this year. With the, with the with the The Intermediate's always a class championship, but with the with the with the, with the intermediate teams, the extra few teams being being relegated and any the improvement in Not Bright and Kildallan it makes for a hell of a championship, and that, uh, that junior championship as well. Like so, this year's championships are going to be brilliant.
0: Yeah, well, Kildallan, I have to say now, they've they've put themselves into, in my opinion, up there with possibly Ballymuckey. To, to be favourites for that inter- or that junior championship I think this year um, I, I, I think that they're going to be very very hard if to continue the way that they went I, I have to say it was a very strange situation because as as is the norm uh, in the first half of that game against Kildallan uh, Kildallan played with a very very strong breeze and uh obviously we wanted to nullify so we were slow on our kick outs and not really uh, you know not really rushing in any time to, to allow ourselves to get through that strong breeze and uh, Brian Seagor added on I think 6 or 7 minutes at the end of the first half and uh, Kildallan took it to a new level in the second half though and Brian had that on 15 minutes to, oh, 15 additional minutes played on and he was right and I'm not I'm not saying that Kildallan were right to do what they would to do what they do slow it down and you know, nullifying to kick off the game and, and it worked perfectly for them. But Brian Seagrave done his job and he done it very well. Minutes. Fifteen that
1: minutes, must, that must be a record for a game that there wasn't a long injury.
0: As I was saying to Dahi Neary on the sideline, he when he when he when he said, "No, I'm adding on 15 minutes in total." Dahi was like, oh, "For God's sake!" I said, "You could have done us all a favor. They were that far ahead of us. Could have done us all a favor and stopped lying down and it would have finished it off on time." But it was it was it was a first time I've ever seen that 15 minutes. But you couldn't argue with it. He was right there you go yeah very interesting but Kildallan definitely one to watch they're very very physically strong and mobile and i tell you their, their manager um, he's Terence Reynolds um, he was I think he he has Mullerhorn connections and in fact the the Tully twins I met them in Rodens. they were slagging me that uh, my cousin got the better of you he, he made an absolute show of you and rightly so but he's done a brilliant job with that Kildallan team they're one to watch
1: yeah fair play to them
0: so that's it uh, for this week's McAvoy Super Value GA podcast as we say tune in tomorrow morning from 12 o'clock where we'll be bringing you full live commentary of the Cavan under 17s against Antrim in the Ulster under seventeen semi-final and the very best of luck to the Cavan ladies in the All-Ireland little National Football League Division 2 final on Sunday from 4pm in Bore. thanks for Paul uh, Fitzpatrick to come in giving us his contributions and to John Brady to Aidan McCabe and to Ailish Cornyn for their inter- Interviews after the games, and thanks for listening to the MicroVoice Supervisory Podcast. Don't forget to tune in to the We Are All Star Podcast as well, available on SoundCloud and on iTunes.
2: Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems, and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So, if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet.